Uh, hello, everybody. This is uh, Tanner from Monster Legends po- Monster Legend Podcast, and this is Monster Legends of New Jersey with the Frightening Floyds. This was a great conversation I had with them, and they seemed like really great people, and we had great discussions about cryptids and UFOs and aliens and Mothman and about cryptids in New Jersey. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and share it with your friends and check out their books on Amazon. Thank you. Here goes. Legend Podcast. I'm your host Tanner, and today we have special guests, the Frightening Floyds. Uh, hello, how are you doing? All right, how are you doing? doing great. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, so, you guys are paranormal investigators and authors. Is that right? Uh, yes, we've we've done some paranormal investigating in the past, and uh, we're. Um, We've written quite a few books on different things. We like to do a lot of research of other areas too, but uh, we've mostly done Louisville and Kentucky and then Indiana and that region. But we also did a Disney book, ghost story book, and we did one on aliens over Kentucky. A lot of alien and extraterrestrial sightings and claims from within the bluegrass state. That's awesome. Uh, Guys covered the Kentucky goblins. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah, the Hopkinsville goblins. Yeah, yes. we got a, we got a we got a chapter about that one. Oh, let's see. Let's oh, see. yeah, we also. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. I was gonna say there's also an incident we covered about um this incident that happened in the 90s where uh, two police uh, helicopter patrol men had an incident with a what they said was a UFO over GE out here where they were following it around as a, like a bright orb and they were following it around and it shot at them and uh, awesome. some co- cops on the ground a patrolman saw it too so it was pretty weird one of my family members were working at GE when I was a kid and they came home and they sent all their employees home when it happened so I kind of was part of that history <laughs> I guess you could say oh that's cool what's a, you guys are like researching for your books what's a good like resource for um, paranormal stuff, because it's hard, kind of hard to find like credible sources for stuff. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, you, for with when you're dealing with the paranormal, you have to be real careful. But our books also come from the um, perspective of uh, most of them come from like these are just these are the stories that exist out here. You know, we say it's entertainment purposes, and we can't corroborate most of these stories or anything. So, what we do is like if someone tells us a story, we'll go and look it up. Um, or look look at other paranormal books, look at online sites, and when you find something, you have to. We like to go and make sure that it exists in other areas, you know, that other people have said it. And if not, if it's just an interesting legend, you know, we're always quick to say 
this is just how the story goes. There's no evidence to support either the history or, um, you know, that sort of thing. So we always try to keep it open. That, yeah, that's how I am with this podcast. I'm like, always trying, like, if it's a good story, if it's interesting, if it's pretty, uh, like, um, agreed upon, like, I would, that's all I use. You know? Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with monster legends. There's, there's so many out there, and I know there's quite a few in New Jersey and all that, but um, you always got to look at, you know, what sounds sensational. But if it's a good story, you can still tell it. Just be like, you know, it's sensational, but this is the story they tell. This is the urban legend. This is the folklore. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's like a real talent to be like a good storyteller, I think. Cause I remember like in schools, this guy came in and he's a amazing storyteller and I thought it would be pretty cool to do one day man yeah it's always fun to to research that kind of stuff and learn more because you learn history and you learn legends and all that stuff and that's cool too are you a big history buff um we uh we enjoy reading about the history of these areas um I wouldn't I wouldn't I guess we're we kind of are because that's part of being you know, in this field, doing what we do for fun. Uh, so you do end up being very much a historian of sorts uh, regarding the places. So, yeah, it's, we've learned quite a few interesting things over the, over the years. Um, I, heard, I read you guys um, uh, run a, a tour in Kentucky, in Kentucky. Yeah, we, we did run two of them. We did a Shepherdsville history and haunts tour, which is a small town just South of Louisville that, um, my wife, uh, Jenny, she lived there for many years, and um, you know my family lived is from there. Uh, the shepherds actually uh, were the people who settled the city were ancestors of mine. And um, but then we also did one in Louisville called the Nulu History and Haunts Tour, which is the East Market District. Um, it's just it's one of the older sections of the city, but it's I, I couldn't do it anymore for like physical reasons. I couldn't do all the walking, um, but yeah. we think. We may have found a way around that with the Shepherdsville tour um, because it's a little more spacious, so we might be able to get around me having to walk and still do it. Um, but uh, that one's more popular anyway, so it kind of works out. Yeah, that's good. What's some... Are you ever experienced anything paranormal or UFOs or anything like that yourselves? Um, we've, had, we've seen some weird things that were hard to explain. Um, I know, like, well, particularly, we'll talk about the incident in aliens over Kentucky. There was, you know, and of course, we always say when you're dealing with things in the sky, even if you can't explain it, right, it could always be some sort of classified military plane, right? Because we don't know what all they have. Uh, yeah. But with that being said, there is an incident we talk about where we were driving out of Shepherdsville one night and we saw some some crafts over this uh, large hill uh, near near our town and um, they were in really weird formation and we were like huh, what are they doing and they were flying around weird so we tried to follow them we ended up following them all the way out towards Standard Field Louisville International Airport and um, they had this weird this strange rectangular shape on their of their body and of their back like where the fin would be and they were flying really low and what was really strange is we got out there and the clouds were really like extremely low. And we watched them as they just kind of rose up. One of them was they rose up into the cloud. I was riding almost 
right next to one. It was way up in the in the air, but I mean, it wasn't real high up there, but I could see it, and um, it kind of just disappeared into the clouds. And then later the next day, there was this um, UFO YouTube show that we sometimes watch, and actually it turns out that they had reported some strange blips on the radar over our area and a few other areas, and that there was chaff in the air, and they don't know why, and there was a lot of strange... Um, stories surrounding that and they think perhaps it could have been a ufo of course it could have been explainable either i'm we're no craft aircraft experts so we don't know of any that look that way you know that was an interesting thing we included that in the book oh, that's really that's, that's really interesting that's weird for it to be like square like that seems like really non-aerodynamic yeah that's that's what I thought, like how, unless my eyes were just deceiving me, but uh, it was pretty close enough to where, I, to where we could both see it, and you know. You guys, so. uh, you guys ever hear about the like how I think it was Japan or something like they send, but they try to send a bunch of like hot air balloons to you to the United States all, all back. I didn't hear about that one. Did you hear about that one? Hot air balloons. I didn't know that one. I do know that um, there was an incident in Kentucky where they, uh, many years ago, near Franklin, where a man named Thomas Mantell crashed in there. They believe uh, he was, well, in the reports he was, him and a few other fighter pilots were chasing what they thought were, was a UFO. And he ended up he was crashing because he went too high. And some say it looked like he was shot down because the wreckage was really bizarre. And that's something else we touch on in the book. But, uh, you know, that's the. Uh, a fairly well documented case of aliens in Kentucky. Uh, no one, they tried to say it was a weather balloon of some type afterwards that it was declassified right after he, you know, crashed. So that was an interesting subject story. Yeah. It's all very soon. God, I wish I like, could like just look at the records, everything like they marked out in Sharpie, but everything's classified. Right, and it's strange how they suddenly declassify right after they can't find a good explanation. You know? Yeah. Um, Indrick Cold, or the Smiling Man from New Jersey? Oh, yeah, the New Jersey. Yeah, I know there's a few, um, I don't... I know, um... There's, I've heard of a couple big red eyes. I haven't heard of, I know of Indrick Cold from, from, um mothman uh, story but uh, i never heard of the big smiling one in uh, new jersey i know the like big red eyes and the big hairy man and um, stuff like that and of course the jersey devil yeah and uh, says he's a, he's reported to be uh human-like in appearance those commonly associate with ufo activity and sometimes believed to be an alien also believed to be connected he was described as being six feet tall and wearing a reflective green suit with a black belt. Awful. Huh, I, that's interesting. I hadn't heard. I know there's the hundreds of UFO sightings in New Jersey. It seems like almost every year. So I know there's a lot going on there. And there was like the reports of UFOs over what are the Wanaki Wanaki Reservoir in the North Hudson Park area. Um, but I hadn't heard that one. That kind of reminds me of the Alabama Metal Man story. <laughs> Uh, he describes not having any nose, ear, or, or hair, 
and as a second dental counter, his suit was said to be blue instead of green, but still retained its protective property. Alone with that he described as looking perfectly natural, with slick back hair, a coat, the top two buttons unbuttoned, and have pants lighter than the coat, but still had the same material. Blah. He's also described as being quite tan, though not dark, and look like any normal human being. Uh, according to reports made by Woodrow Derenberg, Indrid Kolb came from a plant named Lanulos in the Tremades galaxy. Okay, I don't know that. Uh, and there were two other grinning men by the name of Demo Hassan and Carl Ardo. That's interesting. That's a story I definitely want to look into. Yeah, because I remember Indrid Kolb, like I said, from the Mothman story. So, yeah, a lot of people thought he was, you know, you have extraterrestrial in nature so that's really interesting it might be like a like a title or something like a pen name for like like um, Andrew Cole like you know like um Agent M or J or whatever like it's a alias yeah, it's it could, yeah, it could be an alias of some sort. That's the thing when you're dealing with UFO and alien encounters and stuff. Uh, it's hard to differentiate that between what could be some sort of very human but very shadowy sort of cover up. So I mean, it's really difficult to say when you're dealing with with all the aliens and UFOs. What's government? What's what couldn't possibly be? Um, it says uh, he was first seen on October 16th, 1966 by uh, two boys, Martin Mouse Minov and James mm-hmm. in New Jersey, they're on 4th Street, and they seen a surreal figure by the fence. Um, they got closer to it, and the man was tall, bald man wearing a metal green suit, and staring right at them with a huge grin. That's creepy. Yeah, that is pretty creepy. Almost sounds like some like extraterrestrial Joker or something. What are they? Uh, what did they? Did he? What What was the end result of the story? What ended up happening? Did he cause any kind of chaos, like the Mothman, or? Um. Says uh. Uh. Quote says um. Jimmy nudged me and said, "Who's that guy standing behind you?" Looked around and there he was on the fence, just standing there. Pivoted around and looked at right at us. Then he grinned a big old grin. According to Nightmind, the boys only recalled the more frightening details of their encounter later on. They recalled that the man in the green suit was unusually tall. And again, their nose, okay. Um, I guess he had seen him in that encounter. This is, this is the next one. It says, um, next one's in West Virginia. I guess this is the one you're talking about with the Mothman. Right, and that's the injured cold incident with the moth. And that's the nineteen sixty six. Yeah. Uh, yep. Then an unfollowed vehicle appeared to land in front of his truck. He described it as an old-fashioned kerosene lamp chimney, flaring at both ends, narrowing down to a small neck, and then. Yeah, man came out of the vehicle. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say in that incident, in that instant, an injured cold actually spoke to the man that met him and um then following that is when the the mothman was had been seen around there at the time and then men in black had been seen and there's a book written about it by john keel 
and uh, they like a big they believe that the mothman proceed you know shows up before a big catastrophe and uh, of course that was when the bridge collapsed and um, there is an incident where there was a mothman type creature supposedly spotted here in Kentucky don't really know that any sort of major events happened but we did go see the mothman museum in point pleasant west virginia and it was a pretty cool place to see that and the little town was pretty interesting as well didn't see much about injured cold but you know supposedly he's um i don't know what his connection would be to the mothman like if he is possibly the mothman or or, or what like you um, mentioned to the alias so uh it's commonly believed that injured may be an alien entity and supported by its close connection with ufo, UFO activity and with Derenberg's sighting it's also said that by Derenberg that the green man is in fact species of aliens with multiple gr- grinning men although this is unlikely unless the aliens are shapeshifters because it would be possible for a race to take the exact same evolutionary past as us which makes However, you wonder yeah. If the, if the Mothman or like, if the Mothman is real, you know, assuming that he is, that um, his connection to the alien race that Injured Cold belongs to, I wonder if they're just, um, you know, two species sharing the same, you know, living space like we share many with other species. Probably. Makes sense. I don't see why not. Yeah, they're saying it's like it's probably connected to aliens and maybe connected to the Mothman. They're saying. Yeah, it would make sense because he's to show up in the same town, but his town as small as Point Pleasant at that time. And to have both of them and the men in black showing up, it's. Don't know what's real about that story, but it's hard to think that something didn't happen because they actually have pictures of men in black being spotted in that town. What's your, opinion, what's your opinion on the men in black? Um, I, I don't know. It's I would think, I would think that if they are a real entity, if, if they are a real organization, uh, of course that's all speculation. That, or you can go one of two ways. You can either suspend all disbelief and all skepticism and say yes, aliens are out there, and all the theories or most of the theories are true that they're working with our world leaders blah 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 and the men in black are trying to cover it up or they could just be here to protect us like some people believe that there's more than one race of aliens here on earth some are malevolent some are benevolent and some are just regular and some believe that the world leaders are working with good aliens and the bad aliens are trying to take us over and the men in black could be here to help with that or they could all just be strictly mundane human military government classified uh weaponry and and aircrafts that they don't want attention being drawn to and so they just come to silence people so i mean there's there's different theories on that and i said we we believe in the possibility of anything but we also know that there's a lot of explanations for most of this stuff yeah i heard like there could be like time travelers and or aliens or like you said probably some Probably the most likely thing is like they're probably just like make sure people don't talk about stuff they're working on in the government. 
Yeah, I would think with everybody always worrying about war, that would be a big part of it. Um, the time traveler uh, stories I always find interesting. Um, it kind of, you know, I'm going to get kind of a roundabout way to a point here. There's a book that, there's another book we wrote called uh, Haunts of Hollywood Stars and Starlets. There's a chapter about Charlie Chaplin and one of the movies that he was in. People believe there was a time traveler spotted in the background. They say this woman walking by dressed in strange clothing was talking on a cell phone. But um, in that book, you know, we, we explain that situation. Uh, and I can't remember the movie's name right off the top of my head. <clears throat> I want to say it was like the circus or something like that. And um, but once, you know, you look into it more, <clears throat> we explain too that the woman was probably carrying a listening device, a very primitive version of a of a hearing aid. But um, just to say, though, a lot of those time traveler things, those theories exist. And that's what some people believe can point to a lot of things. Like um, some people even point to it for taking place you know, for like religions and or um, predictions and all that stuff. And mm. It's interesting thought. And then that kind of leads to the to the other theory that people have that we're actually living in a, in I guess what you would call a very matrix-like world where we're AI attached to a computer, and that can explain a lot of other things. So there's a lot of interesting theories out there, you know, and who's to believe what, who could tell. But I mean, it's always it's always fun to get into that sort of thing. Yeah. The thing about the simulation theory, like if it's true, like like I don't know what's the difference between because we can't really do anything about it if we're in a simulation. So it's like, what's the difference between that and being reality? Yeah, we're obviously existing in some form of reality, right? Either way, or two forms. And then, of course, some people get really deep and they're like, well, the power creators who have us hooked up to a to a computer generate, they're they're also AI and someone has them hooked up. So, yeah, like, what's the difference? You know, reality is perception. The mind is what makes it real. So, um yeah it's we're in a reality of some sort either way and that's the big question would you really even want to know would you care to know exactly um apparently there's a there was a ghost cow in new jersey by the millstone river a ghost uh, cow yeah <laughs> that's interesting uh, yeah the Gristown cow is some serious cow that's part of new jersey folklore it was reported to have it the millstone river Floods Plain and the Gridstone Lock of Delaware and Rayton Canal in Gridstown in central New Jersey. It was originally thought to be an urban legend, but in November 2002, it was discovered to be a living black and white bull that had been roaming in an area where cattle are not normally found. Hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> there. There's that's and right there, you kind of touched on a point I was I've made before. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me for a minute. Okay. Um, we um, <clears throat> one of the things that we enjoy about doing this is uh, finding stories that are off the beaten path like that like you got that the ghost cow and when you find I mean stories like that are fun right Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of like the wild parrots story in, of Edgewater in New Jersey uh, there were those the monk parakeets that were from Argentina and they showed up in Bergen was it Bergen County and they were basically wreaking it wasn't like you know alfred hitchcock's the birds or anything they weren't attacking people but they were being very wild and people thought they were some kind of strange creature for for a while 
And, um, but then when you get, like you're talking about that cow, more people look into it and they find out <clears throat> that it's just probably an animal that's in some area where it somehow ended up where it wasn't supposed to be or where it doesn't usually travel. And, yes. um, so, I mean, I know there's quite a few legends in, um, New Jersey that are paranormal. I know the, obviously I don't know them all. Um, yeah. I know there's one about the devil's tree that stays warm during the winter. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, uh, speaking of animals, like not supposed to be like out of habitat. I noticed like there's a lot of like um, big cat stories in, like around here. Like, oh yeah, of, like, yeah. Especially like um cougars and stuff that possibly died out a long time ago, but people see them sometimes still. Yeah, there's a lot of big cat stories. You'll find that's another interesting point about doing all of this uh, paranormal because uh, you kind of lump paranormal alien cryptids. They all kind of uh, lumped into the paranormal category ghosts, aliens, cryptids. Um, one thing you will find, and this is something we talk about in our upcoming book, Kentucky Strange and Unusual Haunts, is you will find a lot of similar um, legends existing in different places, like the big cats. You know, one of the most um, you know famous big cat stories is the one from london i believe where this big like uh cat was seen one around they also got the big dog stories um and then you'll find that else in other places and uh it's just it's interesting because you wonder where do these stories begin and how did they travel or or of course you can always say are they real is there really a race of giant cats that somehow elude the mass populace and they can they show up when they want to, you know? So, I mean, it's just, that's the mystery of it all to find the explanations. Exactly. And uh, one um, alien. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, says the, uh, this cow was like seen a couple times, but it's like foggy at night or bad eyesight by some fuzzy, there when some fuzzy photographs were taken they're uh, you know like usual cryptid photographs are all uh, focused and crap yeah and, that, that's how yeah. it always seems to go probably because like film it's like I don't, know, I don't know much about cameras or anything but I think like they got a lot better but I remember them I think there used to be like you have to be like keep them still as crap or everything would become all blurry I think that's the problem with the older photographs. It was yeah, film. yeah, the technology's definitely come along a lot better these days, and they're still capturing weird pictures though. Even with, um, especially with like a lot of weird, um, and they're catching videos too, and like a lot of strange simian primate type creatures that don't exactly fit the bill, the description for what's known by science, wandering around these places, and it can't. Every one of them can't be some man in a suit. You can't explain it away every single time. And then you got that weird, I think it was in Brazil or Mexico. Oh, there was a, there's a creature of legend. I can't remember what its name, but uh, they think they caught it on camera. These kids were playing soccer or something. And you could see it. It looked like somewhat like a, an ape running on its knuckles, but it wasn't an ape. And there's not, they're not really indigenous to that area. Um, can you remember what the name of that was called? I can't remember. 
Um, she doesn't remember either. But uh, they have videos of it on YouTube, and it's interesting to see things like that. And when you're catching stuff on video, it's kind of hard to totally explain it away because it's something. Yeah. Makes me wonder. Because it's hard, though, because, like, there's, like, we tell with the technology today, it's like people can easily, like, fabricate stuff. Yeah. They can eat, yeah, so a lot of people. That makes, it, are makes you like skeptical. Facts. Yeah, and that's the kind of the thing we always say about <clears throat> with paranormal of any type, cryptids, the aliens, the ghosts. You either you either believe or you don't. So if you even if you believe an inkling that the possibility is real, then you believe somewhat. Yeah, so I am. Um, I was reading an article recently about scientists found um, um, a Greenland shark. And they uh, ran some tests. Yeah, they ran some tests. What did they find out? Science. Um, what is what is metaphysical paranormal or impossible today science might prove tomorrow uh, the thing i always say is ptolemy the old uh, the old the old scientist hundreds of years ago believed that the sun revolved around the earth right and um, which is a pretty which would be you know pretty smart uh, assessment for back then when you don't when you can't travel to space and look at space with radars and I do believe it was Galileo, maybe, that later found out that um, it's actually the other way around. The Earth travels around the sun. So, you know, things like that, science, you, you find things out in science. And I think what's paranormal today will just be another branch of science tomorrow. Um, of course, I do believe that, you know, we, of course, we know that a lot of these cryptids are probably not what people think they are. Uh, things like the Mapinguari, I don't, that's cool if that story is. I don't really think it's, you know, we don't really think it's something real. Um, but it could be, and you never know. And like a lot of parapsychologists have good answers for, for ghosts and possession. UFOs, of course, like we said, you can always point out and say that's just some government thing we don't know about. So, but you know, you never know what comes declassified and what's this and that. And, and if aliens ever do come here, well, I guess we'll know. Yeah. Yes, I've heard of the uh, gate in uh, New Jersey. I can't talk. Uh, New Jersey. No, it's, uh, which is it? It's a uh, spotted in 1973. Um, in the by the residents of New Jersey's Newton Lafayette area were played by items described as a large humanoid alligator. Uh, oh, no, local, I haven't heard of that one. A local journalist who covered the story compared the creature to an enduring Native American legend about a giant man-sized fish that could never be caught. Perhaps what makes the New Jersey gator man stand out the most amongst other lizard man is the fact that its existence was publicly acknowledged by a state employee. Young men from the tribe Kinnagara make crocodile armor in their body by a ritual where they get scars that look like a crocodile's armor. However, this is probably just a coincidence. That's pretty. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one. We've heard lizard man stories from different places, but that's a pretty interesting one. Uh, the, the Gator Man. Yeah. 
that so it says a statement came in 1977 when New York City conservation naturalist Alfred Holstruck reported that the state's southern tier was the most apparent home of a scaled man-like creature which appears at dusk from the red algae infested waters to forage among the fern and moss-covered uplands. Although this is the only official comment in regards to the New Jersey Gator Man, the simple fact that the city officially uh, publicly acknowledged the something that sounds, like, that sounds like something they should have a festival for. That's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I've I've heard of the we've heard of the Sandy Hook Sea Serpent. Yeah, uh, oh. right. Uh, what about um, that's a little bit about that one. It was I know it was a uh, found in the Shrewsbury River, I think, on Sandy Hook, and it was well documented in the late 19th century. It was just a big serpent-like creature. Um, and I know another one we'd heard about a little bit about was the blob found in Little Egg Harbor in 2003. So that was an interesting story. I don't know the deep details on that one, but it was just some strange blob-like entity that was found in the in the water. Uh, I, I know there's a few interesting Jersey uh, legends that we've heard about. Um, and in terms of like aliens, I know um, Muhammad Ali said that he was riding with some friends and um, a UFO hung over their car on the Jersey Turnpike. And he was a big believer in UFOs. He actually talked about it on Johnny Carson show. That's cool. And uh, yeah, and yeah, like um, these these stories, like some of them are really interesting. Like you're talking about the Gator Man. Like where could I mean, like, was somebody just dressed as a gator? Was it like some deformity? Because, um, you know, you got the blue people in Kentucky, the people who have blue skin. Um, you know, people thought they were some sort of extraterrestrial kind of thing at first, and then they found out that they were just bad genes. Um, but, you know, yeah. that's the question. You know, there's so much, there's so many anomalies out there. Like, they can either explain away things or be like, what the heck is that, you know? <laughs> Exactly. I know there's like a lot of like surfing, like if there's like a big body of water, there's probably like, there's like a like monster story to it. Yeah. And it's like, like what Jenny was talking about the Greenland shark, when you're dealing with water, we've explored, I think man has explored space more, uh, at least the, the immediate space that we're capable of exploring around us currently more maybe even more thoroughly than we have our own waters on earth yeah and and there's things that could exist down there because you know most of what's been eliminated from our planet has been eliminated due to diseases or 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 asteroid impact or some kind of uh, some kind of catastrophe that maybe won't even affect the waters very much i mean of course you get a large enough impact near earth object impact you're going to affect the waters too but um, and of course, diseases can run through the waters. But when you get down, down deep into the deep sea trenches, and and or even if you get into deep rivers or remote rivers that aren't even you know clo- that close to heavy civilization, anything could be in there that we don't know about that science hasn't found. And when you think about some animals, I believe catfish can do this. They grow in accordance to the size of their surroundings. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong about catfish, but I know there are creatures that do that you get serpent-like creatures and they could like i said i'm no biologist i I don't know i'm no ecologist either but when you get them out there like they could possibly grow to 
epic proportions, you know, basically out there if they're in a big enough river or ocean, like the Greenland shark. Now, that's probably a prehistoric creature. No, grown from a prehistoric creature, sorry, but it, it's, mm. it's as old as the 1600s. And you got to wonder where it came from and what it evolved from. And it, that one, particularly from the 1600s, that doesn't mean that its whole race, its whole species could reach back further than that. Exactly. Yeah, it's freaking, that's crazy about Greenland. I wonder how, I wonder how it lives so long. Like, maybe it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's that thing you get down with those sea creatures and don't know what their lifespan is. So, which one? Oh, I went. Oh, I can't remember it. You know, there was some. There was some um, sea creature. Was it a river monster? We wrote about it recently on the Frightened Floyd's page. Uh, we, of course, we. We all know real life can suck sometimes, and your boss accidentally seeing you in your underpants on Zoom last week doesn't help any. That's why reluctantly codependent sisters, the Shira and Rashalia, keep you enthralled and in stitches every week with their podcast, Legendary Africa. Every Monday and Friday, we take you on a journey of mythical lands, magical objects, and monstrous creatures, both ancient and modern. Find Legendary Africa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you feed your ears. And remember, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. We write, we write about so much and read about so much that it'll, sometimes it blurs together. But there's this Japanese uh, sea creature that was really interesting, and now it's like escaping my my mind. Neither of us can remember it, but uh, it had a lot. Of, it had a really interesting story, and um, geez, I wish I could remember it. Find it. Let me find it. Uh. Um, so there's, a, there's a big cryptid in New Jersey, probably the most famous one, the New Jersey Devil. Yeah. The 300-year-old something Pine Barren monster legend. Yeah, yeah I think that's the, um, that's, that's the big one for Jersey. Uh, said legend has it that in 1735, a pan's resident known as Mother Leeds found herself pregnant for her 13th time. Leeds is the name of a woman, Jersey's earliest settlers, and many descendants of their Leeds family can still be found throughout New Jersey to this day. Uh, Mother Leeds was not living a wealthy lifestyle by any means. Her husband was a drunkard who made a few efforts to provide for his wife and the 12 children. Reaching the point of absolute expiration upon learning of her 13th child, she raised her hands to the heavens and proclaimed, Let this one be a devil. Mother Leeds went to labor a few months later on a tremulous stormy night, no longer mindful of the curse she had uttered previously regarding her unborn child. Her children and husband huddled together in one room of her Leeds Point home while local midwives gathered to deliver the baby in another. By all accounts, the birth was went routinely, and 13th Leeds' child was seemingly normal baby boy. Within minutes, however, Mother Lee's unholy wish of months before began to come to fruition. The baby started to change and metamorphosed uh, right before her very eyes. Within moments, it transformed from a beautiful newborn baby into a hideous creature unlike anything the world has ever seen. The welling infant began growing at an incredible rate. It sprouted horns from the top of its head 
and talon-like claws tore through the tip of its fingers. Redly bat-like wings unfurled from its back, and hair and feathers spotted all over the child's body. Its eyes began glowing bright red as they grew larger and the monster's gnarled and snarling face. The creature savagely attacked its own mother, killing her, then turned its attention to the rest of the horrified onlookers who witnessed its tremendous transformation. It flew at them, calling and biting, uh, voicing unearthly shrieks the entire time. It tore the midwife's limb from rim, maiming some and killing others. The monster then knocked down the door to the next room where its own father and sibling cowered in fear and attacked them all, killing as many as it could. Those who survived to tell the tale then watched in horror as the rotten beast sprinted to the chimney and flew up, destroying it on the way and leaving a pile of rubble in its white. The creature then became good escape into darkness and desolation of the Pine Barrens, where it has lived ever since. To this day, the creature, known barely as the Lee's Devil and the Jersey Devil, claims that Pines as its own, and terrorizes any who are unfortunate to encounter it. Yeah. It's correct. That's crazy. Yeah, I like. Uh, <clears throat> now, to be honest, I'm. I appreciate a good legend, and uh, you know, being a fan of horror and a writer of horror myself, um, I I can appreciate the story that was created from that. And again, I say I uh, we are willing to believe in anything, right? I I don't necessarily believe myself that that's probably how it happened um but um you do got to think that some of these legends they grow from someplace um i don't i don't personally believe that a baby's going to suddenly turn into a devil a jersey devil but i do believe that there is something there that did happen perhaps there was a large bird-like creature that attacked and you know who knows what could have happened um and and it's not to say that devils and demons don't exist i don't know you know they're very very possible um that was a different time period and you know again let's talk about legends right what we what what's let's say these monsters do exist let's suspend all that disbelief and say that all these monsters existed well, maybe it's to say that nowadays, if they did exist back in days like that, where they probably had more power, you know what I mean? And they probably could exist better. Nowadays, there's more technology, more things, deforestation and, and habitations being pulled up. Um, <laughs> you know, they might not exist anymore. So that the Jersey Devil could have been around back then and maybe just things changed and he died off. Um, or maybe someone, you know, people who are more religious, they believe in bible you know the, what the bible says and they believed a lot more supernatural such as witches and witchcraft and um you know maybe that was how they explained something they couldn't explain back then i'm not going to sit here and say someone just totally made it up um, i think that it could be a misinterpretation of the events that's usually what we like to say because we try to keep um positive like we don't think that a lot of people just go around making stuff up we think that they just misinterpreted the events, and we've probably misinterpreted events ourselves. Um, the Jersey Devil is could be very well some cryptid creature living out there, a breed of them. They may still be there. And perhaps one attacked, and that's how the family interpreted it. Or maybe 
that's how someone else interpreted the story because you know a story you can tell a story i could tell one today to somebody and then in a week the story they told somebody and somebody else told somebody it's totally changed so um, i know a lot of skeptics are quick to scoff at stories like that and say oh those people are crazy and they that's all a bunch of baloney and you know while that's a possibility it's while that's a possibility we like to believe that that's not a probability and that something else just happened over time and it's tied to something that you never know some weird looking guy could have came in there with a cloak or he could have had some kind of animal skin over him and he could have killed them and killed a lot of them and, and climbed up the chimney i mean you, you don't know right and then he could have wandered around the pine barrens for a long time and people saw him jumping through stuff and thinking he could fly or, or it could be a bit just a giant bird that doesn't exist anymore i mean it's it's there's so many that could be so many explanations <clears throat> Uh, have you ever heard about the little like the leather man? It's like um wild guy who like had a leather like trench coat and he would go around um just asking people for food and stuff. Mm-mm, I haven't heard of that one. I could see how that one could grow into a big legend. Yeah. It was um, a man who had a big leather cloak and he was going around asking people for food. <laughs> Have you heard the story of the big hairy man? He's not exactly, he lives in the swamps out there. People have reported him in different swamps and um, he's not quite a Bigfoot. He's the size of a normal man, just the size of a normal large man. Yeah. And he's just extremely hairy. And he, people have reported seeing him out there in the swamps. And I kind of wonder if it was just like a, a wandering vagrant or maybe a, a, a Neanderthal that existed, kind of like they did on the X-Files. But, um, yeah, I read a lot of like this being found and arrested or brought to like uh, asylums and stuff. Yeah. They're going like crazy over losing their stuff or their wife or something. Yeah, something nutty like that. Yeah, that's because you never know what drives people to, you know, do things. People do weird things now. So, I mean, you never know. I know there's like a supposed to be a Bigfoot wandering around out there with glowing red eyes called big red eyes i like that story that one was interesting to me he's essentially just bigfoot with glowing red eyes yeah um george devil was spotted it 13 times the first um one in 1909 by uh, a navy commander steven decarter uh he shot it with um cannons hit hit it once but it was unfazed by the projectile. Mm-hmm. And uh, strange tracks were found in fields, but bloodhounds literally refused to follow the tracks. Kids were fine with it all, though, because schools in the Pine Barrens were closed. That's nice. Yeah. That's the best one. Uh, you know, uh, got, got me wondering, yeah. like, I, I wonder if this uh, Jersey Devil is in any way connected to, like, the moth. I wonder if they have a sim because there's been similar stories that he's okay. not really faced by things like that. And I wonder if there because you mentioned injured cold in New Jersey, and I wonder if there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1927, uh, a taxi driver seen the Jersey Devil while changing a tire. The man told the police that a windy creature was pounding on the roof of the cab. Well, is that the one he ran over with the car and it got up and walked away? Is that the same story? Maybe. 
there was one where Jersey Devil or one of these cryptids, and I think it was the Jersey Devil, got ran over by a by a truck or a car, and they watched it get up and walk away. I think that was the Jersey Devil. I could be wrong though. In 1960, uh, severance of Mays Landing heard horrifying screams in the night. There was, a, there was no explanation for noises, and people began to panic. Uh, police on flyers, certain residents of Jersey. A circus owner countered the appeal by offering a $100,000 reward for anyone who captured the creature. No one received such reward. It's a lot of money back then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you think someone would have brought it in. And, you know, that kind of brings another thing. Like, there's, all right, so there's the legends of the Thunderbird, right? Like, there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a prehistoric, you know, winged aerial creature um, out there that still exists, possibly a pterodactyl of some sort or the other one. I can't remember the name I thought made. But, um, and, you know, I wonder if the Jersey, if that thing really does exist. Which is very possible because if prehistoric creatures have been pulled out of the ocean, why not living somewhere in the mountains and showing up in them every now and then? So I wonder if the Jersey Devil could somehow be connected to that race of creatures, or that species of creatures. Sorry, um, yeah. who knows? Maybe. Or like, it could just think, be the devil. I think there's like a like. New species that like, discovered every like every year, like it's like like thousands of species mm-hmm. of insects discovered all the time in the Amazon and jungles and stuff. And this oh. is actually wonder like I don't see why there couldn't be a species that's not discovered yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that like I do, we do believe that Bigfoot, whatever you want to call Bigfoot, is out there somewhere. Um, that's that's one. There's been too many sightings from from people who are lucid and and normal and, and and all that who have seen this creature, skunk ape, Bigfoot, abominable snowman, yeti, Sasquatch, whatever. Um, he's been seen, and he, there's got to be something to it, right? It's got it's got to be out there. There's a missing link in our evolutionary chain. So I mean, why not, right? Um, and the Jersey Devil could be just something similar to that. Something like you just said. There's all kinds of species. Uh, discovered all the time and when you think about it you know don't some people say that dinosaurs were more related to birds than reptiles and and if birds have shrunk to what they are now i mean who knows like these creatures like the jersey devil could just be smaller now and people don't notice it as much you know so i mean it's it's always something to to consider uh, before someone just automatically writes it off because even if someone doesn't believe in this and you know the sensational they don't believe in cryptids per se um there's science to it that could still be interesting you could find out oh let's research the jersey devil you know uh, let's just say for, for a second i'm going to pretend like i'm a totally skeptic scientist and i would say well i'm going to research the jersey devil i don't believe any of the stories i don't believe that an actual devil came from this blah 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 but i want to find out what this species of possible bird was that caused people to think there was a devil flying around you know yeah it's like i was sasquatch it's like think about like the the mountain gorillas like they were discovered like not that long ago really like yeah 19, not, like 1909 yeah, not, i think yeah, like a hundred years ago over a little over a hundred years ago yeah they weren't it was a, it was very recent and there was a tasmanian devil and 
It was died out what 1930s around there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and, and you know, right? You know, if you're just not looking, that's the thing. Like, if I were a scientist, which I'm not, but if we were scientists, you know, and we hear these legends, we'd be like, well, I want to know what's out there. Where did this come from? You know, is there a species of primates living in the in the woods that we haven't discovered? Is there a species of winged creatures living in the pine barrens that people don't know about yet? You know, so I mean, who wouldn't want to discover something like that? Um, Christensen told We're in New Jersey that she got the heebie-jeebies one night in 1972 when she spotted the Jersey Devil on Green Tree Road. Christensen was driving from Blackwood to Glassboro when she saw, said she saw a towering figure crossing the road about 20 feet, 25 feet from behind her car. Described the figure as standing taller than the average man with thick haunches like a goat and a huge woolly head. Hmm. Can I do yeah. goat man? Do I? Like goat. Sounds like a goat man sighting. Oh, yeah. Kurt. Yeah, we have one of those here in, in Louisville, and um, yeah. I'm not, I'm, we're not big fans of the goat man story here in Louisville. It gets people killed, so we don't like that one too much. But the goat man in other places is fine. Um, you know, as long as they're not causing people to climb train trestles that are 100 feet in the air and 75 feet across, and, and because they think it's abandoned, and then they get hit by trains when they're up there. And it's okay. Yeah. That's that's the Louisville legend. We we take every opportunity we can to squash that legend so people will stop getting killed. But uh, yeah, the, there's goat man legends that exist all over America, and that's something we like to talk about is how these legends exist in different places. And I, I feel like at least one out of every two or three states has a goat man story. Yeah, I think uh, Delaware has one. I think. Or yeah, one? Maryland. I think is the yeah. it's the most famous one um delaware probably has because you know delaware has some delaware pops up quite a bit when we're looking up strange things and i'm surprised i, mean, I don't know why that because you know i guess because delaware is so remote now i suppose but um yeah i know Mar the maryland goat man is, is a really popular one um there were some mysterious deaths in 1980 uh, forest rangers and experts on the wildlife that inhabits the woods they could patrol they patrol uh uh wharton state forest chief ranger alan mcfarland says so something to both gross them out and stunt them as wild animal knowledge a burl scene on the south jersey farm where a pack of pigs had been killed he reported that the backs of their heads were eaten and their bodies were scratched and torn however there were no tracks surrounding the bodies and no blood on the ground that's crazy that's interesting too because that kind of brings me back to um, an alien story. A lot of alien, a lot of um, cattle mutilation stories are very similar to that. Um, there's several in Kentucky, but there's a lot of them all over the place. Um, the mutilations, the cattle mutilations that have happened that they believe could be aliens, are a little more, um, in a sense, they're a little more um, precise. Because as you said, the back of the head was eaten on the pigs, and and they were scratched up really bad. Um, but out, you know, yeah, the 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 cattle mutilation stories. Are... What? Oh, sorry. Um, nineteen eighty-eight, Nasbury. Cool story of Howell Township resident who claimed to have encountered Jersey Devil 
seven years. His eyewitness must have been close and personal with old JD because he described the beast right down to his large teeth. Mm. I'm thinking of the picture from X Files or something. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch that yeah. show. I never got I never got a chance to watch X Files. I think it was like three or five when it came out. Oh yeah, I was a I was a teenager. I watched it from time to time. But, uh, watched it more. Jenny watched it all the time. The X Files, <laughs> kind of what uh, that and unsolved mysteries. Those are always interesting. In the late 1980s, a group of friends went camping and riding dirt bikes in the Pine Barrens. While riding down a trail about 100 yards from camp, the bikes all stalled. One said it could do with the terrain or nearby power plant. What? However, uh, so, okay. Uh, yeah. However, <laughs> however, as suddenly as the bikes quit running, the men heard a piercing, inhuman scream coming from the woods. When they returned to camp, those who stayed behind said they also heard the screams. That evening, one of the men went into a local bar and told the bartender about the screams in the woods. Man, the man informed the visitor that he had most likely had a encounter with the Jersey Devil. There's, there's like one animal around here, like it screams so loud. Yeah, there's like loons and other kinds of creatures, winged ones especially, that have loud shrieks and loud screams. And, like, and, owls, uh, like owls and stuff, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's here's the, this Jersey Devil kind of reminds me. Have you ever heard of Bat Squatch? Uh, no, please tell me more. The bat squatch is basically a sasquatch that's part bat, and people oh, see it, and people have seen it flying around certain mountains and everything. And it's it's really fun. It's a fun one. You gotta look it up sometimes. Bat squatch. Um, it's, it's, it's a good it's a good one. Yeah, it's, some people think there's a connection to that in the Mothman, but you know people are always looking for connections to the Mothman. Uh, what do you think of the Mothman? Prophecies movie. Well, I liked the movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was a pretty eerie film. Um, I haven't read the book by John Kill all the way through yet. Jenny read the book, and it, she and she enjoyed it. And the movie is a little more sensational than the book. Of course, they have to be right. It's a movie. And um, but yeah, like seriously, I've heard some. I've heard some people say, "Oh, that whole town was just making that stuff up." I'm not buying that. I, I think there's mm -hmm. something to it. I'm not going to say it's exactly what everybody says it is, but I mean, I think there's definitely something to the Mothman story. What it is, I don't know, but I don't think it was just made up. I don't think it was a total misinterpretation of events. I do think that something happened because there's a reason they got pictures of men in black around me. And the army came out there and uh, <laughs> it's, just too, it's just too weird. And John Kill... People are always like, if you're going to write stuff like that and you get known and you're supposed to be nonfiction and you're saying, yes, this happened, I was there. People are going to try and discredit you regardless. Um, they did it to Ed and Lorraine Warren. They've done it to, they try to do it to John Kill. They will do it to everybody, right? And then, then there's that guy that, that the UFO, I can't remember his name, but he's a big UFO reporter and they've tried to discredit him. So, of course, they try to discredit John Kill, but I just, you listen to interviews with him, you see him, he just doesn't seem, he's not, he's not like David 
Icky or David Ike or whatever his name is, the guy with the reptilian theories. He just he seems a lot more down to earth, a lot more lucid. And I just don't think he made all this stuff up. And um, you know, I guess a you know a writer may they may or may not embellish a little bit. I can't say he did or didn't, but I don't think he made anything up. And I think there's something there's something there. And it's weird. It happened. Something happened. To me. Yeah, there's there's too many too many things. It'd be hard to like think like everybody in town like agrees on a story. Yeah, that's stupid. Like, (laughs) they're not going to sit around and be like, "Hey, everybody, where are you? Let's do this." (laughs) Uh, nineteen ninety three, a forest ranger saw um a six feet tall figure with horns and matted black fur on a was walking the road, and they stared at each other for several minutes. And it ran into the forest. What if they found out there was like a really weird tribe of people living out there, like a, like just um, some really strange backwoods people who aren't right breeding and living out there? What if they found out that's what the Jersey Devil was? That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Running um, around guys, with animal fur yeah. on them or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hot though well, yeah, I have like a picture of a goat because there are weird cults and weird tribes of people I'm not saying that's necessarily what I believe but like there's there's you hear some stories about people in remote areas that are just doing living weird ways and doing peculiar things yeah yeah hot though okay it's starting to hot out here it's pretty hot down here, and freaking I can't wear our freaking animal suit to be burning up. I can't do it. Yeah, I couldn't. Well, I, I don't even. I don't even like wearing a jacket in the winter. I get so I get hot so easily. So yeah, I mean I couldn't do it. So who knows? You never know. Unless, but you know, if you live in a tribe that started out doing that, and you adapt to it. But I don't know. It's it's kind of you know you never know. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like the hot weather, so it wouldn't be me. Uh, one evening, while taking out the trash, Fran Coppolo, owner of the Smithville Inn and village in Galloway Township, saw a strange shadow projected onto the wall before her. She said she looked up and saw the shadow of a beast with wings. While the image had to be frightening, Coppola said she felt calm, as if the Jersey Devil was watching over her. Well. Uh... While traveling on Route 9 in Bayville, three cars were forced to slam on their brakes. When, according to one witness, a 10-foot-tall Jersey Devil figure with a long head and short, flat ears ran across the road. One witness reported that the creature emerged from a wooded area near a mini mall and galloped out in front of traffic. They spread into the woods on the other side of the street. I think that. While traveling uh, Route 9 in Bayville, three cars were forced to slam to slam on or force to slam on the brakes when according to one witness a 10 foot tall jersey devil figure with a long head and short flat ears ran across the road one witness reported the creature emerged from a wooded area near a mini mall and got out in front of the traffic disappearing into the woods and the other side of the street yeah very very strange things like that they're hard to explain um it's uh, it's, it's difficult because it could be 
It could be some kind of animal. It could be some kind of person, or it could truly be the the legend they say it is. So, I mean, it, it's tough to say that kind of stuff, especially when so many people see it. You know, yeah. so many reportings. Plus. Uh, one of the most recent sightings occurred in Galloway Township in October of 2015. Little Egg Harbor resident David Black said Route 9 near a golf course when he saw what he thought was a llama walking in and out of tree line on the side of the road. Suddenly the creature spread its wings and flew away. Captured the beast's image with his cell phone and the photo went viral. Yeah, I'd like to see that photo. He said he thought it was a llama. Is that what you said? Yeah. Huh. Well, there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely no flying llamas, so no one's discovered any of those yet. That's a, um, <clears throat> yeah, that would be interesting to find out. I'm gonna go look that photo up later. That's a good point. Same to you. I mean, yeah. This is the photo. Um, a few days after David Black's supposedly captured the Jersey Devil with his cell phone. Emily Martin shot a video of what appears to be the same creature after she spotted it on Old Port Republic Road near Leeds Park. Black and Martin swear neither the image nor the video were edited or set up. Some who have seen the photo and any video have their suspicions. What do you think? Alright, let me look at this picture. Looks like a goat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. It looks like a flying goat. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's interesting. That's funny. Yeah. This is the video. I'm not one of the. We're not, we're not the kind of people to just. We're not. We're not the kind of people to just automatically say photos are doctored. So, <clears throat> we're going to pretend like it's not. And I don't know what the heck that could be, because <laughs> it's not a. I originally thought maybe it was an ostrich. <laughs> That's not an ostrich, so I can tell. It looks like. A flying dog or a flying goat. I don't know. You can kind of see a horn, so. And either way, I like the picture. Yeah, me too. Um, Where can people find your stuff at? Your book? On Amazon? Uh, they, yeah, they could find our books on Amazon. Um, they can also visit Frightening Floyd's uh, Facebook page. The Anubis Press Facebook. If you go to the Anubis Press Facebook page in the in the photo section in the albums, we actually created an album of the books that we have out, and um, you can check in there. Uh, we haven't built our website yet. That's something that we're intending to do soon. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that's the best places. Oh, and we both have author pages: Jacob Floyd author and Jenny Floyd author. It's awesome. Are guys working? Are you guys working on any books lately? Yeah, right now we, um, other than the books that of other people we're putting out, we're um, working on Kentucky Strange and Unusual Haunts, which is pretty much the comprehensive book of Kentucky legends of ghosts, mostly, but other kind of weird stories. Uh, and we go through there and offer some explanations, as always. Uh, and we're about to work on a big book of cryptids. We've already started taking notes for that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that's that's going to be interesting. When we went to CryptidCon last year, 
the alien book did really well aliens over kentucky and people are waiting on our cryptid book so it's gonna be fun what was cryptid con like oh it was enjoyable i liked it um it was one of the better conventions we've been to um the lady who runs it she does an excellent job she's very professional and she really knows how to get people in there and um we were glad to be a part of that. And uh, it's interesting. If you're into cryptids, aliens, or anything paranormal, really, they, they have a lot of cool things. They had some guests there, such as Nick Groff. They had, they had the mountain men, monster hunters. Um, they had Seth Breedlove, who's made a lot of indie films. Awesome. Uh, as- do you think they'll be able to... With uh, everything going on? Uh, well, they've pushed it back. I forgot where they, when they said they're pushing it back to December, I believe. So I'm hoping because um, that's one convention we definitely want to go back to. It was a good one. It was fun. Man, well, I'm starving. I'm gonna get some burgers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds Thank good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being my guest here on the show. Oh, thank you for having us on. We enjoy talking about this stuff, so we really appreciate it. I really appreciate it too. Uh, Ario, guys, you come back on again, talk about your book about uh, Kentucky and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Oh, hopefully, I can go to Crypticon. Probably not because of work and stuff, but I'd like to go. Check it out and see if you'll be able to or not, because that's a cool convention. Have a great day. Have a great day. All right, thank you. You have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monster Legend Podcast. Or if I more information about monster legend podcast go to monsterlegendpodcast.com or anchor.fm forward slash monster legend podcast there you can find all episodes and platforms on which the podcast is on which you can describe subscribe to you also can email me with questions that will be answered on the show thank you Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.